Welcome to the Hyperfixated Persons Unit, a podcast about things and the people who hyperfixate on them. I'm Claire, and while I'm not as young as I used to be, my heart still runs free. I'm Joel, and how many gods do I have to kill today? I'm Goldie, and I built this podcast in a cave from a pile of scrap. (laughs) Today I forced the team to return to the eternally expanding abyss of tight spandex and sassy one-liners that is Marvel. Ah, yes. More specifically, we're going to be looking at the comic book series Young Avengers Volume 2. The Volume 2 part is very important. Make sure you include <laughs> that in the episode title, Joel. Yes, okay. I the, can do that. Volume 2. Avengers Volume 3. Yes, sir. There's some Volume 1 fans out there who don't think too fuck kindly of Volume 2. And I don't want them to come crying to me when they start on this episode thinking it's about Volume 1, okay? Continuing on. Tell so us about this. I decided to do Young Avengers... Volume 2, now, because uh, at the time of this recording, uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is coming out in a few months. Yep. I don't know if I'll even be going to it in the cinema, though, given the situation, but find a way. Perth is Um, finally getting its COVID reckoning. Yeah, we've only just started getting our, like, 1,000 cases a day, uh, which, you know, two years late, but better late than never. P2 Master Sweaty. (laughs) Anyway, um, and a character who features heavily... In Young Avengers Volume Two, is um, featured have is introduced in the movie. So I thought I'd give you guys the privilege and the favor of sharing in my comic snobbiness when Hi. you go sit going to see it. How wonderful! That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. There I've you go. Set my expectations <laughs> nice and low <laughs> for Doctor Strange. Then, so um, Young Avengers Volume Two is kind of part of an unofficial trilogy of comics that is like my favorite overall story in the um, Marvel comics, mm-hmm. which is about Loki, of course. Yep. But um, the, the first one I told you about um, uh, when we did the Loki episode, which was the one where he's uh, a kid, like, resurrected as a 13-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And um, that one, it's called Journey into Mystery. And while that one's pretty great, I wouldn't force you guys to read it because it, it was so plagued by like all these crossover events and the artist changing and everything that while it's full of, like full of really cool dialogue and ideas and stuff it's also a bit of a mess to try right. and understand because you've got to read all these other comics to get context of what the hell is going on yeah like i remember reading like portions of the transformers idw one was like that some of them would be really focused tight similar artists but then they'd have other crossovers or just times where they just Pick a different artist each issue, and it it'd change wildly. Yeah, and if you if if that if that an IDW uh, put you off, then don't even try it with mm. the Marvel. Marvel is just ah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So um, and then the one at the end is also about Loki, and that's much more self-contained. There's still some more crossovers. But it doesn't really have the impact if you haven't read Journey into Mystery, so I wouldn't get you to read that one either. So I'm going to get you to read Young Avengers Volume 2, which is the middle one, and okay. isn't actually focused entirely on Loki. It's got an ens- uh, ensemble t- cast, and it's um, also much more self-contained as far as a Marvel comic goes. But even then, I still need to explain a whole bunch of backstory in order to prepare you for it. Mm. Okay, cool. <laughs> is this like the book I'm getting you to read, like comic equivalent in terms of this huge amount of backstory? No. no. This is okay. much easier to read than that book you're getting okay. us to read. <laughs> right, um, sure. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, so it, Young Avengers Volume Two is funnily enough actually not a sequel to uh, Young Avengers Volume One. It's <laughs> Young Avengers Volume One, and then there's a bunch of other stuff, and then there's Young Avengers Volume Two. Right, but cool. basically, all you need to know is that okay, the Young Avengers, they're Avengers, right? Yep. And they're young. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Hang on. I'm lost. I, I'm I sorry. You, you had me in the Avengers bit, but you lost me. <laughs> this dense lore is too much for me. Okay. So they're like children? They're, they're teenagers. They're, they're babies? They're teenagers, although they're getting to be like young adults at this stage. Some right. of them anyway. The worst time. <laughs> yeah. Not quite a teenager. Not quite an adult. Yep. No The power. liminal Avengers. Yes. Um, in between. Okay, so we got the twins, Billy and Tommy. Who are sort of the Scarlet Witches and her robot husband Vision's sons, but they're also fragments of the devil's soul and have separate parents because they got reincarnated. Cool. Yeah, so just just roll with that. Yep. <laughs> just just appreciate that there's these people who are parents. Just but, two guys. But they're also yeah okay. Just roll, and um. D- so besides being two guys with a complicated backstory, they've got powers. Are they yeah, blue? Yeah. So are Billy they? has um. Billy's superhero name is Wiccan. It used to be Asgardian, but they changed it partially because, well, he's not an Asgardian. Also because he's gay and people would think that would make the Asgardian joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I would have made that joke. Yeah, me too. I'm disappointed they took that away from me now. Um, He's into, like, chastity and I'm the Asgardian. Yes. Yeah, so he basically has um, powers much like the Scarlet Witch. Cool. Which means he's super OP. All right, magical bullshit. Yeah. And um, Tommy has powers like the Scarlet Witch's brother, um, Quicksilver. So he's a speedster. So way less. Way worse. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and Billy has a boyfriend named Teddy, mm-hmm. who is uh, like a hunky, shape-shifting, green gargoyle kind of alien. He's a scroll. I think I've seen, scroll. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Um, I know a scroll. Yeah. I do love me some scroll. Yeah. Are you a scroll? He's, Billy loves him as some scroll as well, as you'll yes. soon find. Scrolling um, some scroll, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he didn't know he was an alien for a long time. He thought he was a human. Mm-hmm. That's and, how it um, goes with scroll. Wait, uh, the the scroll or his boyfriend? Both, actually. Okay, so <laughs> um, he just one day is like, oh, I'm a scroll. Yeah, well, actually, when he found out his scroll, the woman who he thought he was his human mother, who also turned out to be a scroll, Got burned to death in front of him, which I'm telling you because it's relevant to the story. Cool. So keep I mean, that in, lock that piece I, of information. I hope in. that it is like that's a very important thing for someone to yeah, see. Yeah, which is kind of um, like I think part of the reason they made it important in this volume was because like it happened early on in the story in the first volume, and then it was just like, oh no, my mother's dead. Anyway, I'm mm. an alien now. Cool. <laughs> and then I think the writer who car- who like picked up from this was like. I feel like this should be addressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to make this a plot point. That's good. All right. Wait. So, we've got Bulk and Skull. One's green. Uh, one's the Scarlet Witch. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Hang on a minute. No, one's a speedster. One's a Scarlet Witch. Oh, there's three. Yeah, yeah there's three. Yes. Now. And then yes. the third one is a Scroll. Yes, the, you've got okay. it right. Yeah, cool. hey, hey. Mm-hmm. I'm following along. Baby Quicksilver, Baby Scarlet Witch, and... Uh, baby Skull. And not Hulk. Not yes. Hulk. Yeah. He's not a Hulk. He just looks like one. Because Isn't he called like Boy Hulk or something? No, he's called Hulkling. Hulkling. Yeah. <laughs> he's a scroll. Yes. So he's not even like. He's in not the got nothing to do with a then Hulk. Then why is he called a Hulkling? Because <laughs> he's green, I guess. I hate comics so fucking much, <laughs> man. Like, you, this is think- easier than the book I gave. You. <laughs> is yes. it? Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. Whatever. 
continue on. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I can't remember. There's probably another justification for why okay. they called him. I can't remember. I mainly read volume two. Um, sure. All right. So three down. Okay. There's Kate, who's Hawkeye's apprentice. So she's normal. Hawkeye, but a girl. Cool. She's normal. Yeah. <laughs> Good at bows. Yeah, pretty much. Um, she's sassy. Um, cool. There was Ellie in the previous installments who was the grandson of one of the black men who they tested Captain America's super soldier serum on. Mm-hmm. And yep. he got the super soldier powers after his granddad gave him a blood transfusion. Yep. He's not in this volume, but he is referenced in an important way, so I'm telling you about him. Is he like a baby America? He's like a black baby America but with more angst because, you know. What's his name? Uh, oh, Patriot. Patriot, cool. Yeah. Yes. I think I know Patriot. Yeah, I think he was kind of, if you watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, he was sort of featured in it, but he wasn't a superhero. He just had his grandfather and he was right. there. In fact, a few of the young Avengers have been... Teased. Yeah, oh no, a lot of them, we've had we've had Billy, Tommy, Kate, um, pa- uh, Ellie, Kid Loki. Um, yeah, I think we're just missing... Um, Hulkling at this stage out of the major mm-hmm. ones Cassie um, yeah so another former member you should know about is Cassie who was Ant-Man's daughter mm-hmm. and she died at the end of the last it's all one of us comics so of course she comes back later yep. but um, what was her powers and uh, shit shrinking growing like okay normal like a dad tech. yeah right. um, but yeah that's important because her death at the end of the last installment was what caused the team to split up mm-hmm and it caused Billy to, um, yeah, Bill, yeah, Billy to. I get confused with all the Billy, Teddies and Tommies, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to go into a depression. Mm-hmm. So team split up. Billy is depressed. Billy's Hulkling. Billy is Wiccan. Billy's Wiccan. Billy is Wiccan. Okay, yeah. we'll get that. And um, where you? This is where we pick up. Cool. All uh, right. Everyone's sad. Yeah. Cool. Can only go up from here. You don't need to spoil oh. anything, but what's the overarching premise oh, of yeah. this? And there's, as you say, there's more characters that get introduced, but you'll see we'll them figure that out. Yeah. I have um, feel like I have enough of a Marvel knowledge to be like, ah, oh, yes, I think I know what this is. And wikis yeah. exist. Yes. And wikis do exist. Yeah. So, what's the premise? Yes. What's the premise? Young Avengers is split up. Uh, Billy is sad. Others uh, are gone doing their own thing. Then a thing happens when she gets the team back together. <laughs> You'll find out. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil it. Um, it's kind of Loki is involved in getting them back together, which is kind of a tribute to the original Avengers, where Loki is the one that f- causes them to get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to spoil what the event is because that kind of spoils the uh, cliffhanger at the end of the first um, comic, which is pretty good. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and it's some sort of a mystery or attack or a battle or enemy that pops up that yeah. causes them have to yeah, reuni- they, they get have the to, team back they together. They have to get the team back together and it's it's an ongoing thing. Like, and it's not like a comic where, like, oh, they have an issue that goes for a few, um, a few issues and then that's all resolved and then they move on to the next thing. It's like 15 issues and there's a big bad throughout all of it which they have to deal with mm-hmm. over the course of the thing. So it's all it's all one big story building up to a climax. That sounds good. All right. Mm-hmm. What's your what do you love about this? Why is this good? Okay, Why so Why are we seeing this instead of uh Young Avengers Volume 3? 
Uh, well, f- so firstly, last time I checked, there isn't a Young Avengers Volume 3. But uh, oh. anyway. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the art is basically phenomenal. Um, but it's like, so basically the people that worked on it, they're the same team as The Wicked and The Divine, which you should know, Goldie. Yep, I've read yeah. a couple of that. Yeah, so... Um, they're kind of really fixated on mu- pop music and fashion and things like that. And they say that they want that they're really interested in doing sort of stylish and experimental things in their comic um, producing, which is um, so it's a really stylish. The, the the first volume of the comic, I mean, the first like collection of the comics is actually called Style Over Substance mm-hmm. because they say that when they like when they get to the action scenes, they say they're trying to make a comic which is basically a music video. So they do these really interesting things with the um like the page layout and the um and like lettering sort of and stuff like le- that. Yeah, it's um basically every action sequence is a sort of a almost an experimental kind of piece of artwork mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And it's also um so it's written by the same guy who wrote Journey into Mystery. So it's got the same sort of really interesting and wacky ideas and sort of deep, resonant emotional beats. It's just really good writing and funny dialogue. It's it's mm-hmm. it's um he's a British guy, so you know <laughs> the the kind Bad of bad teeth or like, there's a lot of things that British do. What's yeah? What's like, did he pour tea all over <laughs> the pages? <laughs> Is it just, oh no, I've spilled my... Did he conquer too much? Morning breakfast. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Will like, you show up at my house and take he's, my He's kind of like the same sort of guy that you'd think, like, you know, Terry Pratchett, Douglas Adams. The, the wit and his humour. Yeah. Okay. And, um, like, he reminds me a lot, okay, as a comic writer, he reminds me of Terry Pratchett if Terry Pratchett was obsessed with, like, British pop music, basically. Okay. Yeah. It feels like a very teenage book, but not in a way that it's aimed at teenagers. Although, of course, teenagers can read it, obviously. But it's more about it's about the intense emotional highs and lows of adolescence, mm-hmm. and it's like all the like archetypical experiences of being a teenager, but filtered through this superhero lens, like first job, first one night stand. Mm-hmm. But as a as a teenager needs to deal, as a superhero teen needs to deal with, it's all very gleefully on the nose about it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think the writer said at one point they were considering calling the first volume on the nose. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, so it's a very sleek, well put together book with lots of, it's strong emotions, funny dialogue, really interesting, fun ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. mint. Go with that. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Excellent. Good, good package. For good package, just the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Um, for those at home, so volume two, is that like a collection of issues? Yeah. What's the So just they can just find volume two. Uh, Young Avengers volume two, written by Kieran Gillen. Sure. Where can they find it? Uh, you can buy it from Comixology or Marvel Online, or those are the, those are the valid ways to get it and also in a comic store probably yep cool perfect. i imagine this would not be as out of print of some other things probably not i mean yeah it, it I, will still be around i mean if they're gonna make a, co- a young avengers disney series soon which feel kind of feels like they're setting up for that would probably be pretty yeah they're keeping well, their options open definitely huh? when was this written 
It was, I remember, it was in around 2013 because that's when fa- online fandom started to go down the shitter. Because okay. I mm. was, I remember succinctly, I was in the Young Avengers 2 online fandom. I was like, wow, this is the worst fandom I've ever seen. Mm. And then it all went downhill from there. Okay. Cool. Good to know. It's a bad fandom. I will not interact with them. <laughs> yep. That sounds good. As a rule, try not to. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't I think I have anything else. Yeah, I've, I've read some of Wicked and Divine, uh, and I'm sure some other bits here and there of Karen Gillian, whatever it is, however you pronounce that. Um, Just don't yeah. get him mixed up with Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. I probably the have. Doctor Who actress, because then he'll send you ah. a picture of his face edited onto her body as punishment. That I've seen it fun. happen. It doesn't sound like <laughs> that punishing. If he sent me like his face photoshopped onto some feet pics or something, that might be punishment. Um or if he just sent you feet pegs. Yeah, then I'd be like, mm, really Karen Gillan, please today. send feet yeah. pegs. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so we'll get rolling then. So for those at home, Young Avengers Volume 2 is what we are reading, not Volume 1. We'll no, and not the clear. Children's Crusade, no. not a Dark Reign or whatever it's called. Not Civil War. Yeah, yeah, not Civil War. I love Civil War. I, I also love Siege. I love Siege. Siege is probably my favorite comic arc. Siege was the sort of prelude to my favorite, yeah, the trilogy of yeah, because Loki so like, gets killed by the yeah, Sentry, and that's which where sets that's up where it all begins. Stuff. And then Sentry rips uh, someone in half. It's all Ares, fun. Ares, yeah, he rips yeah. a god in half. He rips a god in he half. R- he rips the god of war in half. Yes, wow. he does, and guts go yeah, everywhere. Isn't the Sentry just like a giant robot? No, the Sentry is a. Uh, he's not very well destroyer. known. No, I'm thinking of the things that fight the X-Men. Yeah, they're, they're oh, Sentinels. The cent- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, the Sentry is a schizophrenic superhero. Okay. Um, I was he's like, very, very powerful, but he's very, very unstable. I was thinking, like, if these the robots that fight the X-Men, like, killed a god, that's pretty good yeah. tech. Like, yeah, how they not He rips the him in half like he's a chicken wing. Like, Ugh. he grabs, like, a leg and an arm and just pulls until he rips. Um, it's my favorite moment in comics, and... I think either four or Loki shows up and he's like, how many gods do I have to kill today? Which is a callback to the intro I just made. Hey, that's where that's from. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Real I'm excited. Let's get into this. Yay. Yeah. All right. Hit it. So, what did people think of those young people avenging things? They were certainly young. Yeah, they and certainly were. People. I feel like I'm getting old because this is like one of the first coming of age young people things that I was like, eh, around. And I used to love this shit. So, I don't know. Maybe that, I think that says more about me and my current age than it does about <laughs> the quality of the, the comic, though. Um, my summary is points for effort. I also didn't like it. Oh, okay. I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but I didn't like take much for it wasn't hard like i didn't have i didn't feel like this was a chore Mm -hmm. um a while ago you described the knife's vocalist as being very like um very flossy nothing kind of substantial but nice and i feel like that's kind of how i feel about this (laughs) sort of thing um yeah i I mean i can understand that it is called the the as i did say the first um Volume was called Style Over Substance, so that aligns well with that. Yes. Um, I, I got to be honest, when I reread it, I remembered how much I loved it. So, <laughs> did you have any opinions on the characters? Like, did you? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, like, 
yeah, on the whole, I didn't like it, but I wanted to make sure to be able to structure like and explain why. Because mm-hmm. just saying oh, I didn't like it, that's not interesting. Um, <laughs> like, so I've read the first chunk of The Wicked and the Divine. Yeah. Um, and that's the same artist, right? Same artist and writer. Right. Okay. Is it Carolyn does double duty? No, there's just same writer, the same two people. Okay. Right. Um. Like, I guess the art, I think, is something that did hinder it. The artist can fucking nail anatomy and costume design and is great at that. But maybe it's them or the colorist, but I got get a lot of Uncanny Valley from it. Yeah. I'm not able to really get the emotion from the characters, and they have to have really exaggerated face, which looks kind of weird to me. They couldn't... I couldn't get a lot of subtlety from their design and their drawing in the comic. And I would it, agree with that. And it hurt tr- uh, trying to get across emotions from it um a reference i would say is um alex milne from transformers more than yeah. ci he would be able to do i guess a lot more cartoony sort of expressions but i could often find a lot more subtlety in those expressions than i could in this one i see okay i did feel that this was a little too quippy for its own good uh at times it's and i think if i had read this when it came out i probably wouldn't have thought that I think, again, this is part of my issue with how quippy everything is nowadays. Like Every mm. TV show and movie feels like nothing of substance really happens. Everyone just makes jokes all the time. And that is lampshaded a little bit in this, where they kind of bring up that maybe I shouldn't be making a quip at this point, but it doesn't really make that better for me. Fair enough. I guess the main thing that I struggled it's, it's with... It's a bit of like having a cake and eating it too, of saying, look at lampshading... Uh, this thing that we're doing, but then continuing to do it for the we're same We're going to continue to do it. And to me, it doesn't necessarily make it better. Um, so, but yeah, I did feel character-wise, some better than others. Some, my problem with this comic, I think, that I really struggled with is I had no idea what the fuck was happening most of the time. A lot of that. Yeah. Um, like, I really had no idea. Um, it looked nice and I didn't feel like I needed to know at times, but I really didn't understand what half of the stuff is. I don't understand America's character at all. What do you mean? From a f- I mean, from a fundamental point of view, I don't get what her deal is. What part didn't you understand? She turns up, she can kick stars in reality and do that. Seems to be able to go across any kind of reality. Is called America? Is, has is that her name? Is that's that her name. That's her name. Okay, yeah. <laughs> cool. America um, Chavez or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, her power is to be able to kick stars in anything at will and also control what reality she goes to. She assumedly also has, like, super strength and flight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, and I think it did mention this in the comic, that her parents are two mothers from the far bazillionth future where everyone's just like that. Is that also right? No, the thing was... Okay, so the whole thing was... Mm. You, you guys read the last... I did yes. read the, the, the after-party right? stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Billy he is the demiurge, mm-hmm. yes. which means that eventually he ascends like a godlike status and rewrites the rules of magic. Mm-hmm. And in that process... He, for some reason, as a gay man, creates a utopian parallel universe that is entirely populated by lesbians. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't understand that part either. But like, it's a utopian reality where everyone's either a princess or a queen, and she has yes. the two mothers. And then um, at some point, that gets threatened that it's going to be merged with the dirty non-utopian realities. So her mothers sacrifice themselves to. Um, 
like stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. And she like as a little girl, she finds out and she decides to jump into our like set of realities so she can be a hero like her mother's and like Billy because so like he's a he's so the god of their reality. Her whole thing is it's a pa- literal hero fantasy for her. Well, not so much a fantasy as in an actual. Yeah, like it's a reality for her, I guess. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but she's gone and she's doing a Batman. She's don. She's comes from a place of privilege, dons all of this shit, goes and wades into the muck to beat up poor people. I don't know about the. <laughs> I don't know if you can have the class analogy yeah. there, but if there was some kind of, um, like dimensional class allegory, then yes, I guess that works. Um, if I can quickly bring up one thing that was brought up as a piece of feedback from someone who listens is that it would be useful to do a rough summary of what happens for those yep. who don't. Uh, mindset so far has been, if you want to understand what we're talking about, please do what we're doing. It might be good to have a rough idea. So I did don't. put together a quick summary, which I'll yeah. get you to fact check, Claire. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, on the whole, and this this will be like post and this won't be like sequential, but like Loki was encouraging Wiccan to explore his powers and Loki's goal was to do that so that when Wiccan does become the Demiurge, he will rewrite magic and Loki will be able to have a finger in the pie and affect its outcome. Is that, a kind, is that why he was fiddling with Wiccan in the first place? Uh, he wanted to steal his powers altogether. So he wanted to be the Demiurge? I guess in a, way, in a sense of speaking, he wanted to... He wanted to st- he wanted to steal Wiccan's powers, so um, yeah, he wanted to be the one to rewrite the books of the like the rules of magic, right, in his favor. And so to do that, he was encouraging Wiccan to use his powers a bunch, which is why he went and whispered to him, "Hey, you should get your boyfriend's mother back." Yeah, because he he basically like you know how he at the end of the fourth issue, I think it is, he steals Billy's powers. Like yeah. that was his actual goal, but then his like guilty conscience, mm-hmm. like gets to him and he decides that he to should go and, like, go and help them instead. Right. Um, so he go yeah, he goes and whispers to Billy in his sleep, hey Billy, your boyfriend is really sad that he doesn't have his mother. You've got crazy reality warping powers. You could just go and find a reality and pluck a mother out. Yeah. Instead of finding a mother, he accidentally grabs a interdimensional parasite shapeshifter Cthulhu thing. Fourth that wall loves being mums. Yes. Yeah. Grab grabs grabs the the Ur milf, yes. um, and they come through and just start slowly infecting everyone, turning them into these weird sort of plasticky uh, monsters, which aren't aware of how horrific they're being. With a whole overtone um, motif of "we know what's better than you" yes. and overbearing parents and all that shit. Yeah. The young Avengers that uh, all children are not affected by this. Um, the young Avengers assemble. And then fuck off uh, and leave that dimension with America's powers. It just kind of dimension hop for a while to try and get away from them. No, the okay, so they get away from mm-hmm. the parents because they're um, like the crazy parent thing is location accurate. So if they're near their actual parents it, yeah. or where their parents died, then it comes into effect. Mm-hmm, so they sure. decide to go off and just travel for a while while um, they train Billy up in order to be more powerful mm-hmm. to. Um, to uh, like take mother down because mm-hmm. they want they bye want bye. him to be powerful enough that when they do go back to where all the parents will be activated, they'll he'll be strong enough to deal with them. 
Mm-hmm. But then they encounter that weird, like then they then the, the patriot guy. Yeah, the patriot guy, and that's what they start chasing him through realities, and that's why they start traveling through the realities thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he steals quick speed. Yeah, who is Wiccan's brother? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, quick speed or Quicksilver? Quicksilver is the uncle. But you don't see him in the story. His name is literally just Speed. Yeah. Well, it's not uh, his name, but like this is... Yeah, that's right. his superhero name. Mm. He um, And so they hop through dimensions for a bit, chasing one of their dead teammates. Yeah. Who's well, not dead. He's weird, not dead. He's just... Weird cryptic rhymes yeah. or whatever. And then they eventually end up... go. Eventually, Loki admits that this is all his plan that's gone horribly awry, which it's cathartic enough for him to get his powers back, and then they all return and they all kick a parasite's ass, and they have a sick New Year's party. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty mm. much the arc for everyone. So, yeah, I guess... Like, yeah, it was it was hard to follow at times. Uh, something that annoyed me was they had the first time of, uh, oh, let's go to someone who knows what they're doing, let's go to the Avengers or some shit, and they'll be able to help us out, and then the Avengers quickly turn them in. The first time they have them, like, okay, yeah, wow, that's the scope of what's going on. But then that seemed to happen like two or three more times where they'd try to reach out to someone else, like Billy going to the the exes club, the group therapy session, and then... That was Teddy. Oh, Teddy, sorry. Yeah. Um, quickly getting recaptured again, and I almost like facepalmed at that point because I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, this has happened like three times he already. He didn't yeah. mean to go back to New York, though, there. He was tricked to go back to New yeah. York. <laughs> Even still, it like... Yeah, and there's no way he could have guessed that... Um, his group therapy was the manifestations of Loki's masochism, self guilt, self hatred, and masochism. Like, but there's enough bullshit going on that he should expect this bullshit. And these people all all say how much bullshit, wacky comic shit they've been through. That it seems the kind of thing that they would expect. Yeah, but the whole point of the story is that they're kids who fuck up. And like, <laughs> they seemed like. To not like yeah, th- another problem I think I had with the, with the the scope of the adventure, it very quickly dialed up to the entire universe is going to die unless we solve it, and no one else can solve it except for us, except and for the kids. Yeah, except for the kids. The kids are the future, and like exactly it, it and it and it's another one of those stories where everyone wakes up at the end and it's like oh we're all back to normal, and I don't like that there wasn't that much like there was a bit of interpersonal stuff gained at the end of it, but like. Literally every other Marvel story running concurrently at the time would have had to have paused for this event to happen and then resume without consequence. Like Tony Stark, whatever he was doing at the time, if he's had a kid, would have been fighting someone. Uh, Captain America got controlled as well. Um, Literally the entire Marvel Universe pauses for the sake of this and then resumes for no payoff. I didn't like that the scope was as big as it was. If it had been smaller, I would have liked it. What do you mean it pauses? Well... They fight every single hero, don't they? No. No. They don't fight any of the heroes who aren't their parents. They don't even fight the heroes that they, they, well, fight they, they, their parents. they don't even fight them. They just the parents just pick them up and take them back to the mother and then go back and forget no, it's happened. No, the end end big fight that happens mostly off screen in the park. They like what's his face goes and summons every single teenage superhero in the Marvel universe. Because yeah. we have that panel where it shows everything, and I recognized one character from there, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, who's from Runaways, which I do really like, which is another uh, teenage superhero story. Uh, they all turn up, and all of their parents turn up, which I assume is a majority of the superheroes from the Marvel Universe, and they have a big fight, 
in that park? No, it was just the kids. What were the kids fighting? They were fighting all those um, what do you call interdimensional monsters. kind of doubles variants. Okay, so Captain America turned up, but then just left. Yes. Because he was under the influence. He was influenced by the whole mother effect, but he wasn't like aggressive. He just he kind of said, "I think it would be best if you listen to your parents," and then walked off. Yeah. Like he he was he wasn't helpful, but he wasn't. Yeah, but like it just unhelpful. felt weird. <laughs> like they met the Avengers like any earlier issue, and yeah, they turned them in. America turns up. Captain America turns up then and yeah does nothing then walks back off screen. So like, what was he doing during the weeks or months that this took place? And like, he just has these two events in his after after all I of these events. I think things were kind of going normally for him yeah. until such time that they were present, and then it would snap in, and he would be like, so he would just be doing normal hero stuff right up until they showed up, and then he'd be like, you should go stay at home with your parents, young kids. Mm. And then when they leave, he just kind of snaps out of it and goes back to being Captain America again. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, after the story ends, does he remember those events? No, no one seemed to remember anything. Yeah, like, I, I didn't like that he just kind of turns up as a yeah. whatever. It it was such a dialing up to 11 of the universe is going to end because of all of this, and we're throwing, er- like, so many heroes at the wall for this almost, like, big-ass crossover to no real effect. Uh, it, it's, this is more of uh, a bit of my issue with some of the Marvel stuff of the scope of their powers can often be crazy. Like, I think reality warpers aren't very interesting in a lot of stories unless they're the only one. That's the SCP reality warpers. Yeah, but they're all fucked up. Whereas these are just, like, pretty kids who wished for an interdimensional mummy and then almost caused the end of the universe. If if that's just, like, something that happens with a lot of characters, the universe should be ending a million times over every day. That does happen in the universe. It, do- it the, the Marvel Universe, it does end yeah, almost it, every single day. And it feels exhausting. I know. That's why I only, re- I only read a small sample of Marvel mm. comics these days and don't bother with the cro- big crossovers anymore. Um, I think, like... Probably for comparison, uh, the series I do really like, Runaways, I've talked about it a bunch every now and then, but it's similar to this one in that it's a kids versus their parents superhero thing. They are all kids in the Marvel Universe. Their parents are all quite wealthy, and once a year they all meet at someone's house in L.A. Their kids are all like, oh, you're the son of uh, my dad's friend or whatever, so they'll have to like hang out in the kids' room, and they have since they were kids for years and years and years. They all kind of like each other, hate each other, whatever. It's just a parents' meet-up thing. One day during one of these meetups, they find out that their parents are actually super villains who've been like killing a virgin each during a ritual each year that this happens. Um, and they're like, oh shit, we've got to call the Avengers and stop them. And the reason why the Avengers don't get involved in any of these stories is that these super villains recognized we can't get too big for our britches. Mm-hmm. We're not going to control the universe. We're not control Earth. We are only going to control LA. And we don't go further than that. We keep ourselves on a really tight leash so we can control the cops, control all of this and make sure that we don't make ourselves enough of a problem for the Avengers to get in on us. So they manage to manipulate events enough so that the kids all have to go underground with their own assorted power sets. And every now and then like a D-list Marvel hero gets sent to try and apprehend them, like Cloak and Dagger turn up and they're really cool. I've never heard of them though. <laughs> um, and then like a Doombot turns up Um which is like a big problem for them because it's a whole single Doom bot. But then, like, I liked the scale of it because you'd see an Avengers comic and they're fighting hundreds of them probably. But this is just a single one and it's a big problem for these kids to fight. And I liked that scope of it. It was very small scale. This one just feels like everyone's 
can do whatever. And I, and yeah, that was like, yeah, scope was one of my problems with this. It is an Avengers comic, a young Avengers comic, but it is an Avengers comic. Yeah, but like, I don't know. And Billy is the demiurge. He is the demiurge. He's they, I mean, like his mom is the one of the most powerful superheroes in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, with one of the worst costumes. Um, depends who you ask. Depends who you ask, I guess. Yeah. I, on that note, I think Billy's costume is sick. Billy's Billy costume is The cosmicy shit loved it. Yeah. I did like Loki calling out him on his name. He's like yeah. Wiccan. Oh, you know, where's your heritage from? You want to go out calling yourself Wiccan? Well, he's huh? calling himself Asgardian before that. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's, I guess so. But I do feel like from a character arc point of view, there were lots of good ideas here. And I wish there was like one less. Um, mm. Because I do feel like the, uh, what was his name? Is it Navar? Nova? Nova, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Nova's and female Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, their whole arc was very quick I felt um, they just kind of broke up over the course of it they broke up in one panel um, yeah what were they doing for the they're rest fighting of the end boss kind of thing and he's just like you know what I kind of prefer this crazy bitch to you <laughs> and, she's, and like, she's like oh well. alright and that's kind of it um, <laughs> they kind of broke it up after that I'm like that was very anticlimactic for and that's kind of my problem it's too quippy yeah. Like, that was a quip. It shouldn't have been a quip. That should have been an end. It can't have just hard I mean, moments, hard emotional moments. It has to have, mm. like, fun little lines around it. No one can say that they're hurt yeah. and just have that be it. Do you, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I kind of felt like that was a problem here. There was more to it, like, in the epilogue. They had, yeah. they had a talk and... The epilogue thankfully managed to salvage some of that. But I mean, it's still it should have been bigger a bigger deal than that. There was considering the amount of time they put, and also I do like how he was like, "This this woman is crazy," but she's the girl of my damn, I love her. <laughs> I do get how they give that more context later around, like, oh, it's not just because she's crazy and just as like a dominatrix and threatens to kill me every two minutes. It's actually because she represents a much simpler time in my life mm-hmm. where I just had to fuck this crazy woman and try to kill every earthling <laughs> which was a much simpler and happier oh, time in my life <laughs> which is not a particularly likable motivation but it's still there when it I, when it went through the epilogue and it, and it had different uh, artists mm-hmm. um through it i think uh i was going to have it up on screen but the the second artist um had their own style and i noticed like because i was trying to think of these characters are emoting. These are good artists throughout this whole thing. I'm not meshing with it. What? How can I describe why not? And this one of the second artists from the epilogue, I noticed, an, oh, this like this person is at least doing, it was messier, it was weirder, it wasn't as clean, um, but I was at least, I was actually getting more emotions from them. So I think my pro- one of my problems was the art style. I think the art style works for posters and covers and pinups, but not so much for the actual ongoing drama. I would agree that, yeah, some of the facial stuff was a bit stiff. Um, I'm still pissed about Hulkling because um, <laughs> he's not strong. Well, what do you think about him as he's, a character? I liked him as a character. What do you think I, about him as a chair? As a chair, he was that was cool. He was a cool looking chair. Um, I thought his whole "Am I just a figment of Billy's imagination?" was probably the most interesting character motivation, and definitely one that I was a bit more invested in. Um, I'm still pissed off that he's called Hulkling when, because it occurred to me after we recorded the intro as I was driving home. So Hulk 
like because he's green, right? Yeah. But you don't even have just green Hulks anymore. That's true. You have Red Hulk and Yellow Hulk. So there's no point calling him Hulkling because being green does not constitute being a Hulk anymore either. <laughs> so there's nothing that he has that is like close to being a Hulk. And I don't think he should be called Hulkling. That's the end of my particular rant on that. But did, still. did they comment on that in the comment? Because you said Loki called him out for Wiccan. No, he never called, called out. Called him out for Hulkling. I don't think Loki... <laughs> Loki's smart enough to know he can't come from a place of Hulk appropriation because he's in a Hulk. <laughs> if he met, it would have been funny if he met Bruce Banner and Bruce Banner was like, what the fuck, man? You can't just call yourself a Hulk. Then he turned into the Hulk because he was angry. <laughs> so, that would have been a great interaction that I would have liked and found funnier than some of the other stuff. But yeah, it's I did like Hulkling as a character and as a motivation, not as a name. Um, and he's also a scroll. I do like scrolls. He's I, I, I double take. He's half scroll, half Kree. So say, he like he doesn't look fully scroll. That's yeah. like those are like the two villainy ones who like the, fight each other. Yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting parenthood. Yeah, yeah. I think he's emperor of the universe now. or Something Jesus in the Christ. comics and See, again <laughs> scope guys. Come on, it's fine to just be a dude. No. Spider Man's just a dude. Not a dude. <laughs> There's, I don't know, my favorite Hulk comic is one where he swims through space and lands on a planet and Plan then quickly becomes the king of it. Planet Hulk, World War Hulk? Cool. Both yeah. cool. Um, again, like as f I haven't read them, but as far as I understand, it's this planet's going to die or he's going to become king of this planet or he's going to kill Earth. And that's the scope of those. Yeah. It's not Hulk's going to uh, yeah. end of Evangelion. Uh, in, in issue three. <laughs> that would be good, though. But um, it's about angsty teenagers, so at e End of Evangelion is a good kind of... So kind of on that. Um, yeah, I think Loki... Uh, I did like the whole, how can I know that I love you when you're a reality banner? That was cool. Um, but the solution to that of being... Just don't think about it. Hey, it's if it's good and if it's reality band that you literally can't prove it otherwise. If it's better so reality, it's still reality. Yeah, it's like so just shut up and enjoy it. And that was my conclusion when they came up with that problem. And I thought that was gonna be a one issue, two issue thing. And so I felt it got stretched out. Instead, like I really liked Loki's the twist of most of the antagonists were actually Loki's guilt. I like that. And I would have liked the comic more if it was entirely from Loki's perspective and it was more like uh, all Loki's perspective and in his head for most of it. And in the background, you saw that he's kind of like herding cats with these young Avengers and they're like quipping off to the side and all of their shit is going on. And Loki just doesn't care about it because it's like, I've seen a million of these come and go. I don't give a shit. And just make it more of a solo Loki story with co-stars, the young Avengers just middling about every now and then. Well, I'm not sure if that would work because the whole fact that he was atta emotionally attached to them is what caused, uh, causes him to... Like, so not to steal powers and yeah, fuck and off. Yeah, and be a huge douche. Well, yeah, yeah, but like, because comparison, I didn't care about anyone else's storylines. Um, I cared about Loki's storyline way more and have the characters be turning up and interacting with him, but him be mostly like aloof and like not giving a shit. And then towards the end, he realizes, oh, I actually do care. And that's the solution to his guilty kind of thing. Um, I didn't actually pick up that most um the enemies were manifestations of Loki's guilt until you guys mentioned it now. So, yeah, again, that might be another reason why I was a bit lost in all of this. <laughs> yeah, this most of this story happened because Loki just had such an overwhelming subconscious urge for his ex-girlfriend to beat him up. That's fair. Yeah. Well, she did <laughs> beat him up pretty bad. Yeah. And, like, was, but he's guilty for stranding her in the beginning of time, right? 
No, um, so I think a few episodes back when we were talking about the Loki show, I explained the whole plot of the previous comic to you. Uh, like I don't remember that at all. I think that a problem, like maybe this might not have been a good place to start us with Young Avengers because I don't know, I couldn't figure out. <laughs> one might have been better. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure if one might have been better because it is also deriv- like these characters existed before Avengers, Young Avengers one, right? They all had their own stuff going on. Um, no. Oh. I assume most of these characters weren't invented as of Young Avengers issue one. Tommy and Billy were, as I said, Scarlet Witch and Vision sons who were also a. Uh, figment of her imagination who were also fragments of the devil's soul yada 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 yeah like i guess well i i think that it might not have been a good place because none of that has gone into in volume two i don't really like just picking it up like yeah i had we had the summaries from you but just picking it up i didn't really know or care where they'd come from what their power sets were and the marvel wikis are terrible to fish through because there's so many duplicates of them i just want to like a one sentence summary of who you what your deal who's your beef What's your backstory? And they quip about a lot of their backstories, but they don't dig into them. And so it was hard to care for any of them. Yeah. It's, I think the point isn't necessarily that it's not that you didn't explain where they came from. We need to have had that journey with them, I think, to really get it. Because it's similar to the book I gave you guys to read in that I explained a heap. It's not enough. Like, and it's not enough for Marvel either because it's just... It's at the end of the day, it's just you need to start somewhere without the context, without enough context, because you just don't have all the. You can't front load us with enough information for us to feel the same way about it that you probably do, because you've probably read it all. Um, and that's not. I don't think that's any kind of criticism of the media. It's just that's what it is. It's more of a tapestry medium than yeah. it is a one shot. It's just not. If you, that's one of my issues with Marvel. Is this? You, it's such a high entry point. That is true. Because to get any of this, to truly get what all of this means and what it is in the emotional weight, you have to have understand so much that came before it from different stuff. And to understand that, you have to go further back again. And there comes a point where you have to just for a while not know what the fuck is going on until you've caught up enough with what's now happening for everything mm. to mean something. But it's, I feel like I had a bit of that problem here because I used to like comics a lot. And I fell out of them, and now I'm just like I have no clue what the fuck is happening anymore. Who any of these people are, what anything is going on, what any event is, and there's just no weight behind any of it because I haven't been there for any of it. Like I haven't read any of it as it happened. I haven't experienced it with the fandom and all of that. It just makes it very inaccessible by default. How did you get into it the first time? Um, I was young, and my brain wanted to do it. I think more than it does now. At the end of the day. Uh, and also, I joined around Siege, which was a good place to join because it had just come off of a bit of a hard reset, if I remember correctly. Or at least enough of a reset of the status quo that what came before it didn't matter as much. So, because I think you had just had Dark Avengers and all the other bits and pieces, and then things were just getting back on track from that. And so all I really needed to know was Dark Avengers because that hung so broadly over everything that was happening, and that made it easy. So Sometimes you hit these points where you can just jump in on comics. I remember like Civil War. Um, I've read Civil War is a good one. The first yeah. one of Civil War, which starts, like its starting point is there is a world full of heroes. There's no massive world-ending stuff going on at the moment, but there's... A, there's plenty of shenanigans occurring all over the place. There's bank heists, there's taking over a country, there's robot armies, but they're pretty 
normal fare. They're not going to really fracture anything massively. And so everyone's off doing their own thing. You blow up one school bus full of children, though, and all the the, uh, cancel culture starts coming for the superheroes. Um, And then you have the whole Superhero Registration Act, and then all the heroes kind of from their lives start coming out and, and making their takes on it and goes from there. And it's such an event that everything coming after that, you can refer back to, oh, Spider-Man did this in Civil War. I get where he's coming from here. Yes, he did a ton of shit beforehand and maybe that comes up and I don't know what's going on. But I've got the broad strokes of the last big event to carry me forward. But I guess my main thing is, I don't think it's a personal criticism of you that you weren't able to explain this well enough. I don't think you could have explained this well enough. If that makes sense. That's what I'm trying to do here rather than criticize anything. Yeah, we don't want to just be be all at you. You did a shit (laughs) job of telling us anything about this and that's why we don't like it. We don't like it because it's hard to get into. It Um, is very hard to get into Marvel Comics. And Marvel Comics doesn't really make it easy. Yeah, It's pretty though. And I think that's kind of... It makes it easy. It's pretty and it's light, which does make it easy to push through. Yeah, if you have the time and space for it, which I don't at the <laughs> moment. Um, but it's I did at fourteen when I didn't care about my school at all, um, and I was just going home and doing whatever the fuck I wanted mm. and failing everything. Um, like it's fine then when you have the time and the space and the energy to get into this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, or if it's one of your big hobbies. But I do feel like if you want to just casually read a comic. You can't do something like Marvel or DC. DC, maybe not so much because DC tends to reset itself and also set a lot of stories in like self-contained canons Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is Batman, but what if he was in the Victorian age and had steampunk stuff? We're going to do 12 issues of that and then that's it. Mm. So DC is a bit easier in some ways because it's bite size in a little bit. You do have the main canon, but they reset that all the time for better or for worse. Um, and I'm not, I, I'm by no means a DC fanboy or one of the smaller ones like Dark Horse and all of that who have smaller runs with not big cannons. The issue with big cannons nowadays is they're so hard to get into after they're running. Can you imagine trying to start the Marvel Cinematic Universe now? <laughs> like, can you imagine going, hmm, that Doctor Strange looks good. Let me just catch up on everything. Like, the colossal effort that would go into that. Before, um... <laughs> Before the new Spider-Man No Way Home came out, I went back and rewatched all the Spider-Man movies starting from Tobey Maguire. Yes. It was worth it. For you. <laughs> and I'm not criticizing well, that. I think that's also like almost the point because that is that is a single thing and it's a single line and there's what, like six, nine films? How many? Uh, there's, three, there's three, the Raimi, there's four, uh, there's two of the Amazing seven, and then there's three. There's eight. Uh, um, it's three, two... Three counting the new one. Oh, but there's also the Avengers ones. If you don't count the Avengers oh ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, ignoring the Avengers yeah. ones. So, yeah, there's like eight Spider-Man movies. Um, and they pretty well... S- there's a trilogy. There's a duology, mm. which was meant to be more, but Sony fucked it. Um, and then there's the Marvel ones. They're pretty chunked off, and it's all pretty linear. Um, and it's and it's all about... It's Spider-Man. The it's all about Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, there's not like... Yes, the MCU ones do have stuff going on, but they're really ancillary to the plot. Iron Man's a surrogate dad, whatever. Because I, 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 well, you mentioned Dark Horse. I've read a bunch of Star Wars comics by Dark Horse, which I think is some of the better Star Wars comics. And I think the way it gets around a problem with having such a large universe and so many characters is Star Wars comics or Star Wars media tends to focus on 
world building rather than character building. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but Marvel doesn't spend too much on world building. It's more about the heroes and the characters and then them interacting. Earth is often not only described as much as a plot requires um, and then kind of very much in the background. I was actually going to say that one of the things I really liked about this comic was some of the little world building details they did. Okay. Like, um, for example, the superhero call center, the idea that superheroes might have call centers operated by, like, super geniuses. Because mm-hmm. I, I re- that's one of the... Oh, yeah, that, that chunk. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. I like that. Because um, that's one of the things I, um, I just really love about any franchise is when they put... If it's a, like a superhero or um, sci-fi or fantasy setting, anything like that, something I hate is if it's just the normal world, but oh, it's just got some superheroes in it, or if it's just the normal world, but there's just some magic over here, or anything like that. Like it's just sort of self-contained; it doesn't seem to have any impact mm-hmm. on the rest of the setting. Um, whereas I really love things that go into the effort of thinking okay so we've got a universe with this kind of stuff in it how does it affect the way people do any of these other normal things in their life how, what's the ripple effect of these kind of i think that's good but i think that it kind of gets ruined by the scope of some superhero powers like if you've got so many reality benders what's even the point of living in the marvel universe like you you kind of just if you know that at any moment you can be winked out of existence by 600 different superheroes for no reason and you'll never have any context for it if oh you go to work and there's just a crater now um you're like like it'd be you'd go mad that's life baby like it's just an existential horror of there's children flying around with nukes up their sleeves i mean i'm sure uh, the world we live in right now would consider would seem I mean, it does seem existentially horrifying to me right now. I think about any moment I could have an aneurysm. <laughs> like, I could, I could get in the shower in the morning and slip on the bar of soap, and oh my god, I'd be killed. Yeah, but like, I think that's different to knowing. Okay, that's cool. a little different. To I can be wink out of existence. I don't know. I think it's pretty simple. <laughs> Everyone's grasshoppers now, yes. and no one remembers not being grasshoppers except for me. Like, that's stuff that happens in Marvel all the time. And if it was just like. Uh, more like... Isn't Perth made out of cockroaches at the moment? That happened to one oh, point. Oh, that did yeah. happen at one point, yeah. yeah. What happened okay. then? Uh, I did think the entire multiverse got, like, destroyed and then of the fragments were turned into, like, a, battle, a world. battle world. And then, I can't remember, I know it got fixed somehow by Reed Richards or someone. Mm. <laughs> Sounds fair. Reed Richards. Or Reed Richards' kid or something. Unlikely. Um... Ooh. Another thing I wanted to mention was, um, like, yeah, the, the comic's meant to be very, like, metatextual um, in a lot of different ways. It, it's fourth wall uh, with a lot of different things. I, didn't, I felt like he was being a bit too smart for itself, and particularly the recaps. Being older and not able to uh, read as much as I'd like or um, be as deep into universes, I've actually started, whenever I read comics, to use the recap pages to go, okay, I read the last one, I just to make sure I know what were the important parts, I'm going to read the recap so that I know, okay, that was an important plot point, that was an important plot point, those other things I noticed, don't worry about. Like, it's the story just kind of holding my hand and going, this is what you need to be paying attention to, the rest of it was cool, but just know that we're not paying attention to that thing, maybe we do in the future, but if we do, it'll be in the recap. Uh, the recaps for this annoyed me because they're so, like, it's meant to be like a Facebook page or an Instagram page. Tumblr. 
a Tumblr page. Like there was a bunch of different mm. versions and one one of them was like a band poster. And I was looking at it and, and thinking, God, I, I don't want to spend 10 minutes staring at this to try and figure out what is relevant. Like if you're looking at a Tumblr feed, someone's username, profile picture, and when they posted are all relevant information to contextualize what that post is. Whereas I just want like two paragraphs. Um, just tell me what happens. Stop, mate, stop trying to be funny and quippy it, it was, and just tell me what the fuck happened. It was more like a last... puzzle to try and figure out yeah. what the text was of the recap. And like, I get that it was fun. And I Maybe if that were a panel in the story, sure. But it's a lot of information that I didn't want to have to pass through to figure out what the actual recap was. I love the recap pages. <laughs> like, there, There's a lot of love and effort gone into them, yes. but I just don't want that much complexity from the recap. I'll have that in the comic. But for the recap, I just want a literal Star Wars credit crawl of two paragraphs. I love it when anything puts effort into making the like essential infrastructure more fun. I'm fine. I appreciate the effort that went into drawing them and uh, the detail into it, but it made them less functional for me. And I do like to rely on the recap pages. And it was just so much. It was a lot of effort to try and read them after these changes were done. Uh, really, like I, I think that it it drew away from their functionality. Sometimes an elevator just needs to be an elevator. It doesn't need to have added bits and pieces that make it harder to use the elevator. Mm. Is my view on that. That sometimes you just need to have it be a thing. I appreciate the effort got into it, but if the effort makes it harder to do what it was designed to do, because I think really like think it should be there. They were also kind of changing the purpose of them because those recaps were giving more information and more context. They were saying, like, if they were talking on Tumblr, this is how they would speak, and that gives us more information about how Loki behaves and stuff like that. Um, They were giving not just recap, they were giving even more flavor and context, which for... It was already had plenty of flavor into it, and it it had almost too much flavor. Um, Yeah, I I just wanted the recap pages to be a bit simpler. Me old man... (laughs) You would say that about flavor. Yep. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I am I am not a resident of Flavortown. I am <laughs> uh, barred from Flavortown, USA. <laughs> as an appreciator of flavor, I do feel like there is such a thing as over-seasoning. I'm, I'm blending f- my metaphors a bit here. <laughs> much like I blend my delicate flavors. So, But no, it's um, I do feel like this at times... Like some of the panels were clearly very innov- like innovative in how they presented things, and sometimes they really came off well. Sometimes I was just like, I don't know what's happening now. Um, I did like the one where um, Nova kind of busted in, and it kind of showed everything he does in like a split second with like this big the diagram stuff. Diagram yeah, that was, was really cool in that. But there's also some magic stuff like with Billy, where they did a few bits and pieces where it's like. I don't know what's happening in this. The <laughs> this looks the, hard to understand. So the by the numbers one, on the one hand, it made it really easy to tell and contextualize in the space that it was in what was going on, which was good. Unfortunately, I just really hate those type of diagrams <laughs> because like, they use them a lot in tech manuals. Um, I love Star Wars Incredible Cross Sections and they'll, they'll be a bit on the ship and they'll point to it, draw a line and then write a paragraph about it. I'm like, cool, great. Sometimes in like the Thunderbirds ones, they'll just have a number. So I'll have to look at the number on the ship and then go through a goddamn list uh, to figure out which is the one I care about when I just want to point what's that, point what's that, point what's that. I didn't want to look up an index for it. 
Um, so I like I just don't like those type of I type of diagrams. Yeah. There, uh, there's a lot of Thunderbirds ones. I thought ones. this one was the line one. I mean, in the comic, I thought that was more of the line goes to this one. No, it was like, well, there, there, was was a, there was a number numbers. one next to Nova when he does a cartwheel and then it showed a panel of him doing I feel it. like there weren't enough for that to be a problem for me. No, I, I understand. It, it wasn't a problem from the comic. I just don't like this type of diagrams myself. Fair enough. Cool. Um, there was one though, like you, you mentioned that uh, Karen Gillian and the artist were trying to make comics like music videos. Yeah. Um, and I did notice that for at least two of them. There was one like, uh, Wiccan one which was I believe in his symbol and like electricity and then like shit yeah. was going on and then there was another one uh, that one was pretty cool and I did manage to piece it together what was going on there was an earlier one where some dude I didn't know was standing on the back of a rock golem who was another dude I didn't know shooting I guess a gun and all of the bullets had reflections of other fight scenes that were going on Yeah. Um, I looked at that for the first time, I'm like, okay, so there's someone on the back shooting. All right, next page. And then, hang on a minute. And I went back and then I noticed the reflections. And, oh. Ugh. And then went one by one through, is there anything in these oh, that I need to yeah. care about? <laughs> or, or is this just cool stuff going on? Uh, and most of them were just other characters I didn't know fighting other characters that I didn't know. And I was like, okay. In a music video, this would have been really cool because I could see like, like a James Bond opening of like the bullets... Uh, flying through slowly and shit going on on them would have been cool. But in the comic, I'm looking at, is this detail that I need to care about for the plot or is this just nice background? And it was it was a lot of characters fighting a lot of characters I didn't know when the plot was happening elsewhere in the mother dimension. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have quite that level of a problem with any of that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it was mainly just as... I, the only things I can think of are a couple of examples where it was a little less clear, but for the most part, I did enjoy that. So I wouldn't say I'm particularly critiquing that. It's just sometimes they didn't quite do what I think they were hoping to do. Or they did, but they sacrificed a little bit of what was actually of clarity to make it happen. Uh, but that wasn't too co common, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, and I think... Just trying to think about anything else character-wise that was interesting. Um this feels very much like the Loki show. Yeah, because the um, see writer, why you like it. yeah, because yeah, okay. <laughs> the writer worked on a Loki-centric comic previously and kind of continued on the story in this one. Sure, because it did feel very much like the Loki show, with Wiccan as the side character and then everyone else is kind of an ensemble kind of thing. Um, Wiccan is interesting. I do like the idea of reality benders trying to figure out how they fit in everything. There's a lot of that in SCP ones, which I like, mm. of this reality benders who are just like, and all of their different levels of responses and the different ways that they deal. Like they've got a guy who they, he's a reality bender and their entire containment procedure is they've kind of Truman showed him. Mm -hmm. So they've like put him in this like small area where he goes to work, comes home, feeds his cat and he just lives a, quote-unquote normal life mm -hmm. and that's kind of that's all he wants like he'll bend reality to make that happen mm -hmm. so they just give him that and they just let him kind of play out in it um and then there's a comic where he somehow snaps out of that and becomes the most powerful reality bender ever and destroys everything which is an interesting little story mm -hmm. aside but you've got another one who is created as a reality bender by an author and an SCP. There's lots of meta-narrative stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So 
like the author of the article like reses some guy and turns him into a reality bender and he does that by making him above his level of narrative because there's layers of narrative in SCP and mm-hmm. we're one of them and we write about them. So our layer is above layers sort of thing, yep. which means we have complete godlike control. But the idea is that there'll be someone above us doing the same thing. Mm. Um, but they make him so above everyone else in the narrative that he nothing can stop him uh, or control him. Like the writer is trying to write. like, And then a meteor hits him and kills him and it hits him and nothing happens because mm-hmm. he's above that layer. He does. He gets to decide what the rules are, and no one can do right. anything about this anymore. And it, the thing I like about those stories is they, as you kind of mentioned, there's consequence. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like important, or like it's explored thoroughly. It feels weird to have Wiccan walking around like one day I will be able to make stars look like me, which is a very self-indulgent <laughs> thing to do. Um, but he's just for now a kid doing stuff. There's stuff you can do with that. And I don't feel like they did it very well. well. What do you What do you mean? They could have done like a whole like, hmm, I'm on a completely different level to almost everyone I know, almost Doctor Manhattan kind of, but from a teenage boy who isn't so emotionally detached perspective. They kind of did and that in one panel when he's like standing on top of the comic book and looking at shit, and that was that was pretty cool. I like yeah. that. But it was one panel right at the end. They hinted at it as well, where they're like trying to hide the fact that the stars look like him mm-hmm. from him and that. But they, d- I feel like that I would have liked them to lean into that more. So I think that's a personal taste thing, though. So you wanted Billy to be more like the uh, century. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was Prodigy's impact in the plot, other than kissing Hulkling and causing drama? Because so it wasn't. Oh, um, Prodigy, yeah. So, like, I'm trying to think. If you remove him from the storyline, what changes? He was the one that got them going on the whole kind of um, plotline of going to the different multiple dimensions, because right. he was he worked with Tommy, mm-hmm. and, yes. um, and Tommy was kidnapped. Tommy was kidnapped, and then he wanted to figure out what was up with that. So he got he found the team, and then they like started tracking that Patriot thing. Yeah, didn't that just make things worse though? It well, doesn't it have to make things better for him to be a part of the plot. Yeah. And then he also kissed Hulkling in a weird random moment. That yeah. That seemed to come out of nowhere. And um, and then everyone's reaction was like, what the fuck? Why? Why Why did we do that? And he was and like, they're all just I upset about it. Which is a very teenage thing to do. Yeah. Admittedly. But it did feel like that came out of nowhere. Everyone is gay in this. I know. Everyone is gay. Like, there's... I'm cool with that. But it's also like, wow, I do like when Hawkeye is just like, am I the only straight one here? <laughs> like, holy fucking shit. Like, you're all so gay. Mm. And yeah, it is. Um, it it dig- it loses its kind of, I don't know, there's something about having that many people be that gay that it feels, it starts to, I don't know, as someone who is a member of the LGBT community, it feels a bit pandery at a point. Do you get that? I didn't, I didn't feel it was pandery. Um, I felt uh, that America's quip after it of being, oh, I, uh, bold of you to assume I've seen the way you look at me. I felt that was... Did the a fandom l- blow up about that? The fandom blows up about everything. Okay, we'll it's talk about it. Sorry, keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I found that a little bit more annoying because, I mean, conversely, that was America blowing off Hawkeye straightness. Like, that was, again, of being... It's kind of the thing of where when someone comes out, 
And then someone goes, oh, yeah, of course, I always knew you were gay. And contextually, there's a ton of context needed for that. I've often felt that to be annoying and if not hurtful of this is a really important part of me that I'm now uh, brave enough to show off and for someone to then just dismiss it of like, of course, shut up. That like the opposite of it happening here of assuming gay until proven straight. It's, it's, it's annoying either way. She's from a universe where everyone is gay. Yeah, but like that should be its whole, whole story to go yeah. into that. Not sure. just kind of offhandedly. I do feel like it's a. I'm trying to find the words well, for this without on one hand, getting myself cancelled. They <laughs> are, they are millennials, and true. And on the other hand, a lot of them aren't human. So, I guess it's more just also that it feels from a. It feels antagonistic. Like th- there's a certain smugness that sometimes persists in queer groups. Mm-hmm that being queer is somehow more superior to being straight. Mm. And I personally feel like that's a rather immature view. I noticed it a lot in the queer department when I was going to uni amongst like your 19 to 21 year olds. Yeah, And I understand where it comes from because it's new and it's exciting. And it's like, yes, this, this is great. I like it. because It's I, also part of, I'm part of this secret club. Yes, it's I'm really part cool. of this cool secret club. And I'm just, as now an older member of the community, it just alienates people mm. and it doesn't really help any particular causes. Like um, treating it like this special group or this special thing that's just for us doesn't, I don't think at this point it achieves anything. Mm. Uh, and it felt a bit like that. It's like, it's weird because it happens for every single social subculture or niche or whatever. Um, it's something that... I don't think you can really avoid, but it's something to be aware of and grow out of uh, quickly and be be made more self-aware of, oh, yeah, cool, I'm part of the Secret Special Club, but that doesn't make me better than anyone. Yeah. And you need to, yeah, kind of come to terms with that. Otherwise, you just become smug and annoying and then no one likes you. This is why Tumblr is insufferable. Yeah. Yeah. You see this a ton in online communities. Online communities in particular. Um, you saw it. In, I was deep in the Brony fandom during seasons one and two, so we saw it there. I I don't think it was as bad in the Brony fandom. Well, uh, uh, I, from I the outside I, looking in, yes, it no, was. No, I was in the Brony fandom. Yes, I was, and the Brony fandom was like way more well adjusted compared to some of the fandoms that I was in after I that. I would call the Brony fandom well adjusted. <laughs> I would call it that. No, I. Because we've also seen since then in the Brony fandom than the other fandoms. I was we've in. also seen since then the Steven Universe fandom and the Voltron fandom. Those explode. were so; those were the worst. Mm. But like my be- first bad fandom experience, like really bad fandom experience, was Young Avengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the um, I do want to point out, I'm not criticizing that whole like initial young figuring it out period because it's a special and it's an important time. Well, that's time. what this comic is about. Yeah. But I mean that whole kind of we're in the in group, this is our like special little thing sort of thing. I'm not criticizing any of that in terms of like the real life stuff I was mm-hmm. talking about because it's an important thing and it's something I went through myself as well. So yeah. it's all, I th- like I'm just saying it's something that, as you mentioned, we need to move on from at a yeah, certain point. Yeah, I think that like, uh, I'll criticize it in this instance because I, I saw Turning Red recently. Turning Red is a wonderful film. It's the recent Pixar film where the... Uh, Canadian Chinese uh, girl is going through puberty and turns into a red panda. It's a big puberty metaphor and it's great for it. It's a really excellent film and it also has a lot to talk about about being cringe as a teenager and basically saying like, 
you should be allowed to be cringe and figure yes. yourself out. You shouldn't yeah. be beaten over the head to say, stop this, you're an idiot, because that will either just make you do it more or make you feel repressed and ashamed about it. Yes. It's a lot of experience this, let it run through you, see how much sticks. Um, the reason why I dislike it in this one is they don't really seem to be... How old are they all in this comic? They look to be like... Oh, someone says that they are 21 and they're the oldest of the yeah. group. Yeah. So they are actual teenagers. Yes. Um, like, the difference is that, like, turning red, she turns into a panda bear, and that's her thing. Wiccan's god. Uh, Hulkling uh, is... is several, not a Hulk. Is several superheroes <laughs> mashed into one. Uh, one of them is boy genius. Uh, another one's another god, the trickster god. Then there's I'm weird spaceman with ray guns. From the, like they all have such godlike power and are such high, so high on the scale that like I don't know. Like they they they're too powerful. They got to be taken down. These dang young, young Avengers. Like uh, they're being yeah, they're so smug, but they have the power to back it up which makes them seem, like, almost villainous to me. But the whole point of the comic is that they do make stupid mistakes and have to learn to deal with it. So I'm it's about taking responsibility. Well, I'm not sure they do. Like, they defeat a Cthulhu thing, but at the end of the day, they're still just as smug as they were and mucking about. Loki's learned a bunch and stuff, and he's seems to have kind of grown as a person. But, but right at the end when, like, um, we can like borders on like is edging his um messiahhood he's like wow i could do all this now i could pretty much re- write the rules of reality but i'm not ready yet and he accepts that Ep- episode one he pulled someone out of another dimension there's a birthday present yeah that was episode, episode one, one and he <laughs> spends the entire arc and he l- de- dealing with what a stupid decision that was and he learns that's bad i don't know like they all learn something. Like, Novar learns that he's a bit of a slut and he needs to not be quite as much of a slut and he's mm-hmm. not really ready for emotional commitment. Uh, Hawkeye learns that she doesn't really want someone like Nova in her life yeah. <laughs> romantically um, and instead wants to date Speed now. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, Prodigy learns that he's going to turn into a weird Patriot clone and then kisses himself. <laughs> Um, which is a less clear character arc as far as everything <laughs> goes. Everyone, I think, does get a decent arc. It just sometimes it happened quickly or clunkily or weird for me. Mm. They do learn responsibility, but I do understand that the powers... This wants to be Scott Pilgrim versus the world very badly, I got the impression of. They even name drop it at one point. And I'm yeah. like, and they shouldn't The know. artist who did um, Scott Pilgrim and the world actually does one of the yes. variant covers. Yeah, because... They shouldn't have name dropped it because as soon as they did, I'm like, ah, this wants to be Scott Pilgrim versus the world and it's not as good. Mm. (laughs) Like that was a big mistake on their front to draw attention to that comparison because it was not, they don't suffer well, I think, in comparison to one of the most beloved coming of age comics of all time. I mean, I'm I'm not sure I want to toot Scott Pilgrim. Like I love Scott Pilgrim, but like it's fairly recent. I don't know. It was before this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm just have issue with the of all time thing being applied to almost anything these days. That's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim was very good, and yeah, this this name dropping it didn't help its chances because th- in Scott Pilgrim, like Scott is miserable for a yes. good chunk of it with good reason. Scott suffers a lot. 
Yeah. I, and there didn't seem to be that much suffering. If they had a problem, they just literally kicked down another dimension yes. door and moved on. Which is another reason why it wasn't as good as Scott. I don't know. They, they had to deal with the whole problem of the fact that they couldn't go back to their parents who yeah. they were like stressed Did that out matter? About. Like no, they seem to just be eating Korean barbecue and... They, a great they had that whole sequence that they say like they were living in hell. Like, d- don't you remember that bit? They were like, it was like two panels, so no, not really. <laughs> like, I want to see that more. Like, I want there to be. They didn't feel like it, there was very much going on. That no, I, I mean, Billy tries to kill himself at like two points. He does. Loki told him to. Because yeah, Loki him. keeps telling him to. <laughs> <laughs> like. Don't. <laughs> it's a hey, bro. This apocaly- apocalyptically bad situation could be easily solved if you just kill yourself. If you're just dead, but of course but we're not going to do the that. The situation you're in to. is so bad that the only way you can get out of it is to kill yourself. You're not having a very. But good there was time. no weight put to any of that. It was over in like two panels as well. This is kind of goes back to my original point. Everything felt too popcorny. Everything felt too fairy flossy. It was all quippy, fast, stunned. Like, we're done with this now. We're moving on. There was no space for there to be emotional weight really? in I any felt, of this. I felt like a lot of emotional weight. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, because Billy was, Billy was already depressed at the beginning. Yeah. Then he did some... Because he felt some responsibility for, um, like, every time like someone dies, he feels like it's partially his fault. And because then he's he, God and he can't. Yeah, and then he, like really fucked up by bringing in this mother thing uh, when he was trying to help his boyfriend who was like the one who's meant to be supporting and then he basically traumatizes him even more and then he's the basically this whole thing is his fault and he's and then he has the added way to finding out that his boyfriend thinks he's a figment of his imagination and then his boyfriend is of course dealing with the idea that he might be a figment of his imagination he's been dealing with that the whole time but he still quips and he still uh jaunts along because it's a marvel comic well, yeah. but that's not good enough like yeah. that's not good enough at the yeah. end of the day you can't just say it's a marvel comic so of course we're going to quip along that's shit then i don't want to read any of them then <laughs> Because there's not going to be any emotional weight. There's You're not, not very emotional no. about this. Yes, it's just, I'm sick of it. I'm so over it. Okay. Like, it's just... Of so the MCU, of the quipping and all, yeah. and of all, all of that. Of all this, the, the lack of any kind of... Like, I looked up a word. People are scared of feeling bad now. Well, I, I, I just completely disagree with that. Because I right. think there was plenty of moments in this where there was about the character's yeah. angst. Yeah. Uh, I didn't pick it up. I guess that's all I'm saying. But yeah, I I don't think that the character. I think the characters kind of brushed off a lot of stuff yeah. in this. Um, Nothing seemed to matter. What? Like even if they had the moment, it seemed to they, everyone just seemed to move on real quick. I agree with you. Nothing seemed to have consequence. The whole the whole reason half the plot happened. The whole plot happened because the characters were feeling guilty about things. The mother was there because. Um, Billy was feeling guilty about like his depression, leaning on his um, his boyfriend. So he mm-hmm. brings, so he tries to gift it, it to him, and then he feels guilty about the fact that that whole thing um, backfires. The whole reason, um, like the whole exes show up, is because they're literally a manifestation of Loki's guilt. And I think that, like, so with the bringing the mother back, I almost feel like that should have been the plot, like as in the climax of this arc should have been, oh, and here's the reveal, I brought your mother back, and then big fight, big bad sort of thing. I feel like that was such a quick thing to do in, like, issue one that could have had scope and breadth to be the whole thing, that whole concept of... And you and you could put into that as well of, I'm not sure if I can make 
uh, Hulkling happy because I'm a reality bender? What even is happy at this point? Is it just what I want? Am I being selfish? And you could have all of that introspection amongst run-of-the-mill day superheroing until he decides more towards the final arc of, I know what I'll do. The most selfless thing I could do is to bring his mother back and then accidentally brings back mother and then they fight mother at the end. I feel like that was, it was very glossed over the, con- like, what a big thing that is for it it's to happen so, so quickly. Quick. Like, you just mentioned heaps of traumatic stuff and it all happens in, like, a comic you can read in two hours and it's just, but most of that is addressed in a few panels each kind of thing. It's just, it's too quick. It doesn't give you enough time to marinate in anything. What do you mean it's addressed in a couple of panels well it's just its main thing is like i've you know that opening bit where wicked is depressed and feeling bad about everything that's like two free pages yeah and but he continues to feel depressed throughout the comic yeah but it doesn't acknowledge that at any point yeah it does he it does it a bunch of points to make funny jokes about shit yeah well you could be depressed and still be making funny jokes for it's but what's the point i don't want to read about that like it doesn't to me, that it makes me forget about everything else that's happening, and it makes me really confused about what I should be feeling around all of this. I don't know. I don't know. How, what do you think about all this? Um, <laughs> I, I more or less agree with you, but like I've kind of said, like I don't want to just keep like banging on about yeah. it. I think it just it, it didn't gel with me and Joel yeah. very well. Um, I don't know if that's a consequence of not being as familiar in the universe, or um, just the kind of style of storytelling that it was doing, um, like. My main point of reference is the Transformers More Than Me CI comic, so I'm thinking back. I mean, that's got lots of quiffing in it as well. It does. <laughs> um, I don't want to do too many references of it because, like, that's something we should probably do as its own episode. Um, but I remember, like, uh, a, a word I had to look up because I've heard it bounce around a lot and I barely know what it means, but pathos, which is a character yes. displaying emotion, I think. Yes, like that's kind of what it, it is. doesn't have any of that. I completely I disagree. I so know it's very yeah. evident. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I argue that uh, Young Avengers Volume Two doesn't have pathos. More than MCI uh, does have pathos. Um, uh, like examples where, uh, and this is there's a character called Swerve, who is a very comic relief sort of character who's making uh, jokes and stuff all of the time. Um, he fades more into the background as the comic goes on until at a certain point. He's talking to someone and then literally disappears, revealing that he's actually been a hologram of himself the whole time uh, and has been hiding in his room on the ship for the past, like, eight months or so of comic time, uh, just literally curled into a ball, uh, rusting away himself because he was manic depressed, well, he was depressed because he figured no one liked him and just saw him for comic-y joke stuff, and that was the only lever left on his emotional control board metaphorically, to try and make people like him. And then they had a whole, at least one issue about um, trying to pull him back from this depression thing. They go into like a fake earth kind of thing. Um, I think that had a lot of pathos um, describing, and I think it actually even ended not as strongly as it could have, but the a lot of the characters more than MCI, I felt their emotions a lot more strongly than I did in Young Avengers Volume 2. Um, I don't know. If, I think that that's pastoral writing, but I think it's more art. I think that a different artist might have communicated a lot better in this. Uh, yeah, it might be a combination of both for me. I don't know. I just didn't feel like anything had a huge amount of weight. And what did felt very played out, which might have or been part, I guess, which made me feel less about it, mm. I guess, if that makes sense. Well, this comic made me cry. Okay. Well, that's good. It's good I'm, that you felt something. I'm glad this. that you enjoyed it. 
Um, I reckon we'll wrap it up there. I, reckon, I, don't, I don't have yeah, that much more to say. I, reckon, I don't have very much more to say. And I'm I afraid about what might happen. <laughs> I'm afraid about what might happen to our friendship if we continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once again, with that this was whole a podcast, joke. I'm not actually. That yeah. yeah. We like we're gonna ex- read. We're gonna show each other things that we don't like. Uh, but yeah. we're good to. God knows I've them. already done that <laughs> a couple of times. So. <laughs> I. I I am terrified you've of been school lucky. Board. Yeah, yeah I don't think you've given us one cause thing. Because I'm basic. I'm so basic that I'm just, ooh, pretty lights. This is a nice little That's simple story. Uh, you can't pull into this. No one hates this thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. think, yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon we wrap it up there. All right. I reckon we're going to. All right. So we're going to wrap up. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Claire. Yeah. So one of the things that stood out to me about this comic was that. Um, you know, in a lot of other superhero stories, being a superhero is framed as like this sort of solemn responsibility that's mm-hmm. very kind of um, yeah, Spider-Man sacrificial, where and <laughs> sacrificial, painful duty. Everyone has to die. Yeah, I can't which has happened and to nobody, Spider-Man no, three times now. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's allowed to be happy. No. Yeah. Um, with great power comes great responsibility, comes great misery. Yes. Where, whereas in this, it's more seen as sort of like a thrilling sort of almost hedonistic thing like Mm. it's sort of compared to almost like being in a band Mm -hmm. or at one point they like explicitly compare it to like embracing the fact that you want to be a superhero is embracing your sexuality because they're like i'm not gonna spend my life in the phone booth that's (laughs) okay wow that's that's an analogy (laughs) that is I'm not going to spend my life in the phone book. Uh, the phone, phone booth. Phone booth. Can you explain that a bit more? Because you know, I'm not going to spend my life in the closet. Uh, it's the Superman. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right. So that makes sense. That makes sense. So I, I thought that was interesting because it's very yeah, it's very different from how like it's not about being a superhero because you have to. It's about being a superhero because you want to. Mm. Yes. And so I think it's more like a story about it's a coming of age story about. Um, embracing who you are and what you want, even though those things can be frightening and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there at any point, uh, well, I know he has it in some versions of it, uh, Spider-Man ever joined the Young Avengers? Because this this sit- bit that we read is very, it's its own thing, sort of. There, I, I assume there's been previous Young Avengers lineups before. This one is, uh, they're not, all original characters, but this is the first time and that's a very unique kind of way of doing it with this hedonistic kind of style. Like, I'm picturing Spider-Man joins them next issue and sees everyone having the time of their lives and is like, what? Ah, where does your rent come from? Is your uncle okay? <laughs> Just having a panic attack at how uh, wonderful a time they're having. And it's like, did I do it wrong? <laughs> well, um, this, like the Young Avengers team, like, as a, there was like a previous, a volume previous to this one. Mm-hmm. But um, that was with the s- most of the same characters, and that was only a few years before this one. And right. I think by that time in the chronology, Spider-Man's like a thirty-year-old guy, so not really. Yeah, N- look, that's still young. I Where's <laughs> the cutoff for Young Avenger? Is it under eighteen Avengers? No, so uh, Kate's twenty-one, and Nova Rudra twenty-one. Okay, so it's at least twenty-two and under Avengers. I mean, to be fair, Loki's like a million. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Which is kind of creepy when you think about it. Everything about Loki is creepy yeah, when you fair. think about it. That's why <laughs> we don't. Out. I do like your implication that, like, 
Spider-Man is just particularly fucked up. <laughs> How this this kind of recontextualizes Spider-Man's backstory is just being really shit for Spider-Man. Because I remember there's because everyone else is having a great time. There's like a um <laughs> a, a panel from one of the Avenger comics that I've seen where they're like asking Spider-Man to like join the Avengers, and Spider-Man's freaking out and. Uh, like, I don't know how I'll balance all of this. And, like, I'm barely making ends meet as it is. Uh, and then Tony's like, don't worry. You, we've got free rent and board. And Spider-Man just, like, collapses into tears. And it's like, oh, my God, thank you. He, oh, my God. There's, like, a, there's a lot of meta stories in Marvel Comics. Like, these days, Loki's entire plot line is a meta story about mm-hmm. the guy that's, like, destined to be the villain who always loses. I would like to see a meta story about Spider-Man realizing he's the guy who's destined to always be the miserable, self-sacrificing, poverty-ridden. Spider-Man is a queer elder <laughs> and has had to deal with all the bad shits so that a yep. new generation can have. Yep, yeah, that, better that's how I do it, definitely. Okay, yeah, yeah it's all makes Spider-Man sense through the first brick at Stonewall. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, th- like, Spider-Verse sort of did something like that where it implied that if you are a Spi- Spider-Man then you go through basically the same beats uh, of you you get bitten by a spider, someone close to you dies, uh, you turn to a life as a hero, and you have to make an act of faith, you have to believe in yourself. Shit also still sucks. Um, where like all of their backstories were near identical even with all sorts of stuff. So I, I assume the Spider-Verse might do something like that. But yeah, I like the idea of Spider-Man just in the context of modern Marvel being the one superhero who's just miser- like a really nice, genuine guy, but also miserable, and he doesn't realize how he's like, why just me? The happiest I remember ever seeing... Sp- I'm not like a huge Spider-Man fan. Like I, I like him, but he's not my yeah. Loki. <laughs> and, um, but like from what I have seen of Spider-Man, the happiest Spider-Man ever seems to be is when he's with other Spider-Man. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like... Like, if Spider-Man's going to be happy, they need to make, like, a cross-dimensional team of Spider-Man and, like, have their own little spider communion mm. and just... I think that was, like, the Silk Wars or the Spider Wars or something. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think there's probably a Council of Spiders. I should probably, like, actually read some of the Spider-Verse comics because they seem really cool. Yeah. Are there, are there any species of spiders that, are that like, live in teams? I think most of them meet each other. So there yeah, is. No, I don't think there's a, they're not very teamwork species yeah, that, as a general whole. I know that there is one Marvel Spider-Man who uh, fr- appears and just looks like Spider-Man, but he is millions of spiders <laughs> that collectively believe that they are Peter Parker. Um, and so it's just millions of spiders in a suit. So they're a spider that thinks they're a man as they're opposed million, to a man with the power of Millions spider. of spiders that think they are one man. That'd be an interesting reversal of Spider-Man if you took one spider <laughs> and injected it with a man serum. <laughs> and, like, that's the outcome. That's you just get this, like, human-looking, like, spider hybrid that has grown up as a spider and now has to learn to live in the human world. There is um, one plot line in Thor where a, fro- a man who got turned into a frog gets the power of, like... He gets, like, a, 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 like a little fragment of Molnir. And becomes Thor as a frog, <laughs> and it's like throg. Yeah, frog. But it, it it shows that like these sort of superhero battles are happening on every like level of reality mm. in 
like the the Marvel universe. So like frogs have their own superheroes too, and <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe there is like at some level like insects. It's Avengers all the way own. down. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, all just the idea of the reversal of the spider. Are you familiar with Man Bat? Yeah, I think so. It yeah. rings a bell. There's Batman. Uh, there's Man Bat in DC, right? Yeah, yeah, Man Bat is like a demon. Spider Man, basically. It's it's a dude who thought, man, bats are cool for some reason. I'm going to inject myself with this. And then he turns into a half bat, half human hybrid and starts killing people. And so everyone's like, oh my God, Batman is terrorizing Gotham. And Batman's like, I haven't woken up today. What? <laughs> and like, it's the first episode of the animated series Batman versus Man Bat. What, an- what animal's DNA would you inject yourself with? Ooh, that's a tricky one. There's the perverted answer is I mean, dolphin. Yeah, you just gotta put us on put yes. us fairies on blast. <laughs> you really just gotta <laughs> fucking do that. <laughs> my my fursona is usually a horse, so I guess horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> De- like deers are Don't pretty. Give around. me that. <laughs> you asked the question. <laughs> Don't give me that shit. <laughs> like really? <laughs> All right, what would you inject yourself with, uh, huh? What do we get to make weird octopus. noises that you were about? <laughs> octopus would be cool. Octopus would be cool. Uh, yeah, octopus is cool. It's a cool option. Um, like usually like deer or whatever, just like aesthetically. Mm. But like uh that bit in Harry Potter where Hermione accidentally turns herself into a fairy and it was like implied that this is like a medical nightmare. She needs urgent medical assistance. I just have that of going through my head of like, I'm not gonna do any of this. <laughs> it's like uh Whenever there's a question of like, oh, what limb would you replace with like a cybernetic thing? And I'd go, none, because my limbs work pretty good. If one of them fucks up, then we'll consider it. But I don't want to cut off a perfectly good limb to replace with a robot arm that might not work. But it's not better than good. What? I mean, why have a good limb when you can have a better than good limb? Because this heals itself and doesn't have many complications because I'm very lucky health-wise. If it was... Are we talking about robot limbs from... Like that currently exist, or hypothetical robot limbs. Oh, hypothetical, but I mean, there's there's always a way where it gets hacked or it attacks me or something happens. Let's get back to the Avengers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My answer to that is horse, <laughs> and Goldie's is deer, but wouldn't want to be a deer, also. Yeah, deer, but I would say no thanks. Okay. It would have once been maybe, uh, you know. Pistol shrimp? I can't remember what they're called. Pistol shrimp? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think it's called pistol shrimp. Yeah, they can do like, a, the like a sonic yeah. thing. Because the, the, the punching would be really cool. But apparently they can't actually see 16 different colors. That's just... Oh. Yeah, so that... that How would we know? Well, uh, well, apparently originally because they had so many like different light cones, they oh, thought yeah. that that meant they saw lots of different colors. But apparently they just figured out that they need that many light cones because their eyes are inefficient. Yeah, I remember that's usually a thing with like cephalopods and insects and stuff. Like their solution to seeing humans were like this photoreceptor, mm. make it better. Insects were like just add more, mm. um, and that's kind of where it forked. Yeah. There's probably some really obscure animal that's like objectively the right choice, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I mean, pistol shrimp's pretty good. Yeah, pistol I mean, shrimp is a nice niche. You would be unique as a pistol shrimp, and I, that's also a positive. Mm. Yes. I would also consider a lion. But I mean, that is. I think I would prefer horse. Because mm. horse is strong and fast. I mean, would graceful. you just be a centaur, basically? No, I would like to be more ampho. Okay. 
Then a centaur. Wait, have you seen that movie, Thank You for Holding? No. What's it about? Okay, it's, it's... Is this on topic? It's, I mean, it's related to horses. All right. Okay, so uh, yeah. okay this is... This, I'm going to have to spoil parts of the movie, Thank You for Holding, so... Cool, so in this Young Avengers podcast, we are now going to spoil the movie, <laughs> yeah. Thank You for Holding. Okay, Please so continue. It's, it's like an Afro-futurist black comedy about workplace exploitation. So it starts off being about this black guy who goes to work for this like comp- this like big Amazon-esque company um, and he works on call center and he eventually learns that he can get he could get really good performance if he perfectly emulates the white voice and then as he and then he starts moving up in the company and he gets like really advanced and then he t- finds out that the company is planning to inject the workers with horse DNA to turn them into super like Anthro horse people who yeah. are like the perfect workforce. As you do. <laughs> that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> yeah, but like the the, the 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 horse hybrids and that basically sound exactly like what you're describing. All right. I wouldn't mind being a centaur, but I feel like a centaur comes with the problems inherent with a horse, which is if a leg breaks, you're just going to get you're just dead. I mean, so is that really necessary or do we just not bother giving horses all the... Um, medical I th- care that we bother giving humans. Like, I guess that's the case, yeah. I think it's also just that horses, uh, even if you did have all the money, because there are horses are worth like billions of dollars, it is like surgery on horses mm. is just so difficult and their limbs are so fragile. Like, the, and like even now with only barely kind of getting good uh, robot feet for humans, mm. so a lot of the research kind of has to start from scratch for a horse. Um and yeah, horses are just their legs are so weird and delicate, despite <laughs> how powerful they are. That when it breaks, there isn't much you can do for it because they like they sleep standing up. Mm. Okay. So they need to be on them a hundred percent of the time. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. let's continue on. Yeah. What else did you like about Young Avengers? Yeah. Besides well, yeah, horse uh, hybrids. Getting back to like the fact that you see them have fun, I I really like that because a thing about like superhero stories and stuff like that, sometimes it's just so incessantly miserable and like everyone hates the superhero and stuff like that and it gets to the point like why do you even bother fighting like mm. what are you fighting for like your life miserable everyone hates you this world seems terrible like wh- why even bother at this point so and you see them have like people have a good time and um like and you see the happiness that makes all the fighting worthwhile Mm. I think, like, not just in superhero stories, but in any kind of story where you have, like, a character struggling a lot, you I really feel like you need to see what the characters are fighting for. Yeah. Like, a lot of uh, what I know of the X-Men, um, they have to make the Brotherhood of Mutants cartoonishly Nazi-level evil to make them seem in any way villainous. Mm. Yes. Because they're like, hey, we don't like mutants being genocided by the humans. Uh, and the X-Men are like, oh, don't you take this too far, you radical left. Uh, and so Magneto, they have to make Magneto do all these horrible things to justify the X-Men still being the good guys. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's something that always bothered me about X-Men is how far they have to go to make rather reasonable demands seem mm. unreasonable. Propaganda. Yeah. But I do get what you mean, that sometimes it doesn't feel like it's worth yeah. the trouble. There's very few superheroes who have fun. Oh. Except for like Lobo. Lobo. Is he's, that a, he's DC. Yeah. He He's an alien from space. He rides a motorbike and fucks women. That does sound fun. Yeah, it's Sounds pretty good. good. <laughs> um, so Lobo's... Deadpool has fun. Until mm. he's angsty and yeah. upset about it. 
Um, it's more of a hide the pain fun, but it's still fun. Yeah, it's a type of fun. Because <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the um, hiding your secret identity type stories uh, tend to do that. Of I need to balance two lives. I uh, want like, and they become more miserable because I'm trying to do both at the same time. Sort of shit. That's why I think superheroes should date out. Just date other superheroes. Mm. But then, like, that's even more like that's like compounding the complications sometimes. <laughs> well, they did that in The Incredibles. It worked out okay for Mr. Incredible. Yeah. For the most part. He got he got to marry Mrs. Incredible, which is really the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. The Incredibles have fun. But you, you don't need to work. Yeah. You don't need to work. Well, The Incredibles is like Young Avengers now that it's you mention it because for them, again, uh, being a superhero was part of them. Because, yeah, because like in, in Young Avengers 2, Billy is all about not wanting to embrace the superhero that he really is because it's dangerous and people are like, well, he's really inf- putting it on himself at that stage, like mm-hmm. not wanting to... Um, <laughs> Everyone at that stage is like, for fuck's sake, be a superhero. Yeah. Mm. We literally need well, you to be putting, a superhero. Okay, he's putting it on other people. Mm. Um, where, uh, uh, even though being a superhero is what he, deep deep down, and like all his boyfriend and everything really wants. And it's the same in The Incredibles. They, they have to like repress their superhero-ism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when they embrace it, they're more fulfilled and happy than ever. So it's it's the same plot. Yeah, in a way, like, it's a very tangentially the same plot. But like, yes, I see the f- the the themes in the Be Incredibles Yourself. Incredibles is yeah. the heteronormative version <laughs> of Young Avengers. That said, there's something. The issue with doing this narrative with superheroes is it's like. Be yourself. Be the superhero you're meant to be if you're one of the people who is a superhero. Mm. <laughs> and no, all the billions Kate. of people who are not a superhero... Kate doesn't have any powers. That's true. But oh, she's very, very, very... She's supernaturally talented. Yeah. <laughs> if you could become that good at archery, we'd have a lot more people running around with a bow and arrow killing people. I do think that Syndrome's, like... Motivation yes. should be re-examined from a more sympathetic plot. Syndrome line. is pretty based because he I was he was basically a transhumanist. Yeah, um, yeah. I I like the syndrome and uh, who who's the bad guy in Black Panther? Uh, uh, Killmonger. 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 Yeah. That's it, yeah. Syndrome and Killmonger. I really liked as villains because both of them had motivations which were like actually you're correct. I don't know. Killmonger wanted to kill all the white people. <laughs> He did. <laughs> Look, oh, wait, no, he had some points, but he also yeah. Killmonger maybe took was them like, a bit too uh, far. like, hey, colonialism fucked us. Payback, but it didn't fuck them. It fucked black people in general. It didn't fuck the Wakanda, well, wasn't it? His which he was a part of. Well, no, so. that, w- that was his thing because, like, when he learned about Wakanda, he was like, "You mean to tell me we've had this shit this whole uh, time and you haven't done anything?" That's yeah, true. Yeah, that was his. Thing. I remember that. It's been a while since I saw Black Panther. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, but he also wanted to kill all the, like anyone. He was also genocidal. Yeah, yeah. So you have which to is probably not a great way to deal with Whereas it. Whereas Syndrome, on the other hand, the main bad thing he did was just the fact that he did a false flag attack to like just, and he was also w- willing to. kill He killed children. a huge amount of superheroes. Yeah, that's yes. true. And also simmed Mister Incredible so hard that he killed all those superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Like both like, of them have their core philosophy is cool. Then they added a genocide. Uh, Murder is okay. To yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like that meme where it's like everything's nice except that it has murder is okay and the like yeah yeah um yeah cause syndrome uh like his thing of uh I fucking hated it being mm. a normie and I just wanted to be a part of this cool stuff and you kept saying piss off so you know what fuck you I've I've grown I've taken that 
on board and I've gotten better and I'm going to be better than you. Last night I was actually thinking about, I wanted to make a meme putting Disney and Pixar movies under the political compass. <laughs> and, like, Incredibles would definitely be somewhere on the right. Maybe the libertarian right. Libertarian sounds... Well, libertarian sounds right. I yeah. don't think it's an authoritarian right. I think John Lasseter is actually a libertarian. Like, the guy that... Probably. Yeah. But, but like, it's a, like the whole dark moment, like, aside from the whole killing children part, Syndrome's dark music moment was saying, when everyone's a superhero, no one will be. Which was basically saying, oh, we can't let everyone be special. How can I be special? It's gatekeeping <laughs> being special. Yeah. Which is, I think, at the core of what I was trying to point out with that, that it's like... Yes, be yourself if what you are is incredibly, like... <laughs> amazing and awesome. Amazing and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and ultra-powerful. Uh, which doesn't quite work in a universe where not everyone is like that, if that makes sense. It just, the theme doesn't quite work for me. I know I might be nitpicking here. Well, I probably am. Like, in, in the young of... In, in The Incredibles, they sort of do frame it that way. In Young Avengers, they never say... Uh, well, I don't really see any obvious reading that, like, you're only special because nobody else is special. In fact, Kate explicitly says everyone should try being a superhero, which sounds very dangerous, but... That mm. sounds ridiculous and very privileged of her. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. I get, I, I, yes. oh, sorry, I think, I think like, the writer of the comic is very much... Because he wrote, writes The Young, The Wicked and the Divine later, yep. which is about, like, you get to be a god, but you have to die within two years kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't read it all. But I think he's very much like kind of ex likes exploring the theme that is it better to burn bright and hot or quick than sort of um, long and the light that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Yeah, so okay. he's he's sort of I think he's kind of exploring the theme of follow your dreams even if it'll kill you kind mm. of thing. Uh, yeah, at what like at what point does this break even? Is it, is this is this better in fact? Yeah, uh, or is it not? Um. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to cover? Um. Mainly that I actually found some parts of this story scary. <laughs> Did anyone else find it kind of scary? Can you explain how? Well, like there's a lot of like sort of fourth wall breaking eldritch horror parts. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like I thought that part where like, um, Tommy is getting chased by the like patriot thing. And like it sort of, he sort of starts panicking, and the way that it, he sort of slows down in the panel is actually quite creepy. But the main thing that creeped me out the most about this was actually mother, sort of manipulating all the adults. I, at least it really scared me the first time I read it because I was younger, and the idea of like the people that are supposed to protect you and love you being turned against you is like one of the sort of primal fears i have although i don't think i have it as much anymore because now mm. i am an adult it's it's something that like most young people would have because uh when you're younger you don't have the full context and from your information you think well why can't i do this thing rather than learning why it might not be a good idea you instead see uh this class of people who are allowed and have effectively unlimited control o over your life at any second, even if they don't exercise it, knowing that there is someone who can just make you do something or take you somewhere whenever they want, that's a very big fear for people growing up. And you need to have a lot of trust in your parents to be okay with that. And if you don't have that trust, it becomes antagonistic very quickly. Yes. And so then the parent will exercise that power. 
Um, so having Mother be effectively making that worst fear come true of literally every single uh, authority figure is out to get you. Most of what I deal with in my work is this, <laughs> effectively. Uh, I'm a schema therapist, which is effectively people treated you like this when you were younger and now you feel this on a fundamental level. It's good for that kind of stuff where it's like you feel a certain way even if you can reason that it's not true. Mm -hmm. I feel like no one likes me. I can reason that everyone does, but I still feel that way. It doesn't change it. I work with that, and that's usually childhood trauma from abuse from authority figures. Because mm. I, I think maybe this fear comes from the opposite. My parents weren't perfect, but they were probably better than... The average mm -hmm. parent, I think, maybe from there's what a I've concept gathered. called the good enough parent, yeah. which is basically that um, there's a certain level that the vast majority of parents sit on, um, where that kind of will produce a reasonably well-adjusted person, and any improvements past that are diminishing returns to the point where <laughs> don't try too hard. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> basically, it's it's meant to be freeing for parents because it's like you don't have you are not going to be perfect and you don't have to be. You only have to hit this 60 to 70% threshold because okay. anything past that is actually not going to produce a much more well-adjusted person mm. because we all come out of childhood bruised mm. yeah. at the end of the day. There's no... A lot of the... Like, some of the traumas I deal with, you wouldn't even necessarily directly consider trauma. Yeah. Like, um, for some people, it's like people who have, like, devastating, unrelenting standards that, like, destroy them. It's often because they did really well like in high school, they were just doing well, and everyone was just like, "I love how well you're doing," and that's all they heard. Mm -hmm. I love how much you've achieved, and all of a sudden, if I don't achieve this, what will people think of me? I don't get that's any pretty praise. Relatable, actually, and that's nothing bad happened to that person. Mm. No one treated that person badly. You know what I mean? Like um, it's it's yeah. uh, it's a programming and learning fault. Yes, it's um, a, it's yeah, and the parent in that case might be shocked to hear yes. that uh, finger quotes they have caused damage to the yes. child even though all of their acts were nice and lovely so that's yeah. often something i explain to parents is they're like i'm afraid i'm going to damage my kids i'm like yes you probably already have um but so is everyone mm. you know what i mean like it's uh it's going to happen eventually because mm -hmm. your kid is a kid and your kid can't think right Yep. Your kid is going to misinterpret even good things in and a your bad kid way. Doesn't understand yeah. that they don't think right. And if you try and tell them that, then they you'll fuck you old man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it's like it's gonna happen. It's I mean, you can definitely do a bad job yeah. still. Like there's definitely things you can do which are bad. But for the most part, everyone comes out a little bit bruised and roughed up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess Yeah. I don't uh, I can't uh, remember what the point of this was. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just saying that because <laughs> I could always rely on my parents to protect me. The idea of that sort of protection being turned against me, like for the most part, mm -hmm. is like extra scary. Yeah. But I think that's part of, again, the coming of age arc of the story. Mm. Because like when you're like becoming a teenager, the like archetypical idea is realizing that your parents aren't always, or always right. Mm -hmm. And like realizing that they don't understand things that your generation might understand the classic boomer versus millennial kind of thing. Yeah, like uh, there's there's a threshold um, that can sometimes be days, weeks, months, or years mm -hmm. where you where I know that I went from there is people like me, people, young people, and then there are the adults. 
and they are two separate things. Fundamentally, on an existential level, an adult is a different type of thing mm. than what I am. They have vast, unknowable knowledge. They have powers and authority uh, and abilities to do all of these different things. And then as I grew up, I realized, oh, shit, it's a spectrum, uh, and mm-hmm. they're idiots just like I yes. am. They yeah. are fallible. They get drunk. Uh, they forget their keys. Um Dad picks up a couch too fast and hurts his back. Uh, uh, dad is just me in th- in thirty years. Yeah, yeah. and that's like, it. There's actually like that is also reflected in like America's hero worship of, of Billy because she explicitly says at the end he was my hero and now I realize he's an idiot just like the rest of us. Mm. So uh, so like again they the parents can't see the mother parasite because there's sometimes adults are wrong. And they can't see things that, like, the younger, like, what what might be yeah. any issues that are unique to the younger generation. Yeah, so you have, the younger generation then needs to come at age and then take care of those issues themselves. Yeah. Uh, when I was your age, this was fine. And you yeah. go, yeah, it wasn't fine back then and it's not fine now. Or the, the praise thing you mentioned before, Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, the parent thinking, I thought I was doing a good job. And I'm like, well, yes and no. Yes. Um, I mean, on paper, the intention is good. Yeah. And on paper, the act is good. It didn't turn out that way because mm. the real world is messy mm. and so are people. Yeah. And sometimes you can say something which on paper is the best thing possible to tell someone and it just doesn't work for mm. that person. So it's just, yeah. I think for like scary moments, like uh, I did enjoy this the body horror of Billy getting turned into a chair. Um, uh, it wasn't Billy, was it? It was um, oh, Hulkling. Teddy. Hulkling. Hulk yeah. Teddy. Um, I kind of wish that it didn't get resolved as quickly as it did. I kind of hoped that there was a bit more of like, okay, to put him back together, we need a carpenter. Uh, <laughs> we need to find carpenter man. Yeah, we need to find ca- Jesus. We, we yes. need to find Jesus. <laughs> we need to find Jesus within ourselves <laughs> to put him back together. Like I, I kind of wish they'd had a bit more of a struggle to put him back together rather than just instafix. Um, to have it be like he's basically out for the fight, say, or something like that, or he's in horrible pain or something like that. I, I kind of wish it had been a little bit more to fix him, but it was it was cool seeing him just getting, like, morphed and shit like that. That's the, all the fun things you can do with the shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, this is getting pretty long, so I'll leave it there. I've got other things to say, but I'll say them on my blog one day. Anyway. I've yep. seen your notes. <laughs> I don't think we have time <laughs> yeah. for that. So, all right. All right, cool. But I'd like to say thank you for letting me say so. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah. All right, cool. If anyone happens to be listening to this, which is a decent amount of you now, more mm-hmm. than we thought, which is nice. Yeah, it's great. So Thank you, everyone. If you want to drop us an email, it's hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. What was that? Hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. Say that again. Hyperfixationpod <laughs> at gmail.com. Comedy roll of threes. Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> Very funny. Joel, repeat the email. I'm sure people are <laughs> cracking up at home over that one. Yep. So... Let's um. So yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, drop us an email on that. We don't really have very much social media because I don't think any of us could be fucked running it. Yeah. No. Um. So yeah, we don't really do this to ever be big. We're doing it because I think we like to do it. It's it's a fun book club. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So it's you're welcome to drop us an email and all that and take part in our book club a little bit more as well. Um. Mm-hmm. Be a part of that. I don't think anyone has yet, though. To be fair, I don't think I've checked much this week. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would have changed much, though. So, yeah, drop us a line. Um, and other than that, like us, subscribe us, whatever your podcast thing Grease allows those you to wheels. do, just do that, and it helps more people join our little book club. Mm. Cool?
Perfect. Pew. Cool beans. We'll see you next time when I'm introducing um, an audio book called Necropolis, which will be interesting, which is about mm. zombie private eyes. To make up for my terrible book <laughs> that I gave people to do, which we may or may not talk about at any point. You, um, yeah, you might you might hear us our thoughts on uh, the Malazan Book of uh, the Fallen book. at some point. If, if it turns or you be, might not. <laughs> it might be a shit episode and we'll just go, nah. I personally don't know if I feel like I can be bothered trying to justify something I love so much to two people <laughs> who really don't seem like you're into it. Well, Claire's um, just had to go yeah, through this. So, so, so we'll see things how we out. Go. Um, but yeah, we'll see how we go with that. Um, anyway, thank you all. Bye. Bye. See you guys around.